This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Nine Lives with Dr. Cat is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health. And iHeartCats.com. Cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover, as you all know. So today, I'm really excited because I have a guest that's going to help all of my cat lovers out there know when they have a feline emergency and what they should do and learn a little bit about the common things that take cats to the animal ER. I have Dr. Chris Byers with me, and he is the critical care DVM and an absolute expert. So, Dr. Byers, I'm so excited for you to be with us today. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Well, I love being able to educate pet owners kind of at large about ways to take better care of their cats. And so you're special because you're in the ER and you can give us special advice about why you might want to take your cat to the vet or warning signs and things. So can we just jump right into some of the common reasons that you see cats at the ER? Let's do it. So for me, The number one fear of a cat owner is finding their fur baby having some trouble breathing. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you that veterinarians don't like to see cats having trouble breathing either. It raises our blood pressure. It raises our heart rate because these patients are truly critical. And parents need to understand. I want them to truly embrace the fact that if they have concerns about their cat breathing... They need to safely but immediately head to the closest veterinarian to seek medical attention for their cat. So a lot of my cat lovers are really tuned in to their cat and how they breathe normally and what is abnormal. But can you sort of explain what someone might see in a cat that was starting to have some problems breathing? Sure. So there are a couple of things that I want pet parents to know or to notice about their cats in a home environment. First, cats are pretty gregarious creatures. They like to be around their family. They like to interact with the humans in the household for the most part. So when your cat starts to become reclusive, when the cat wants to stay under the bed or is hiding in the back of the closet, That should be a big red flag. It doesn't mean they're having trouble breathing, but it does mean that they're trying to stay out of sight and out of your mind so you don't think anything's going on. That's red flag number one. Cats, unlike dogs, are actually really good at hiding what's going on in their body when they don't feel well. And that is very true when it comes to most situations of respiratory distress. Cats don't often pant. Cats don't often lay on their side, what we call laterally recumbent. What they do is they assume a hunched up posture. They might hold their elbows in a posture so that the elbows are away from the thoracic body wall or the chest wall. And the only evidence of respiratory distress or increased work of breathing may be nostril flaring. 
If any of you have the talent to make your nostrils flare, you know what I'm talking about. But if you look at a cat and you see their nostrils moving in and out, especially rapidly, that's a sign that your kitty's having some trouble breathing. Even if they're not panting, even if they're not open mouth breathing, that should be a red flag that you probably do need to get them to the closest emergency hospital as quickly and as safely as possible. So it totally is true. Even just hearing you describe that really increases my heart rate and blood pressure because I can envision those patients that I've seen in a breathing emergency. And, and it really gets you, it gets your juices flowing and gets you going because it's kind of a big deal. So can you tell us maybe some of the disorders that cause these breathing emergencies for cats? Absolutely. So the most common airway disorder for our cats is asthma. Humans get asthma, cats get it too. And for all the asthma sufferers out there, you know that you really don't have any troubles breathing in, but when you try to breathe out, you have to put in quite a bit of extra effort to get the air out of your lungs. Cats experience the same thing. And sometimes they have to put so much work into breathing out that you'll hear them grunt as they breathe out. We call that an expiratory grunt. Expiration is the process of breathing out. And when they put so much extra work to try to get the air out of their lungs so they can take that next good breath, that increased effort manifests as a grunt. And you'll hear them make that noise. Animals that are having asthma attacks, just like people, need some pretty immediate intervention. So let's get those kiddos safely and quickly to the closest veterinarian. Another common problem that we see with animals, dogs and cats, it's not an exclusive cat issue, people actually have it happen too, is something called pleural effusion. So what is pleural effusion? Well, under normal circumstances, the lungs sit right next to the body wall. There's no space in between them. But for various reasons, air or liquid could accumulate in that space between the body wall and the lungs. And again, that space is called the pleural space. So if air or fluid accumulates in the space between the body wall and the lungs themselves, now there's something there preventing the lungs from expanding normally, from expanding fully. And when the lungs can't expand normally and fully, an animal's going to have difficulty breathing. That cat is going to breathe more rapidly, and the breaths that they take are going to be very shallow. So if you see your kitty breathing rapidly and with shallow breaths, that's a big red flag that there may be air or fluid between the lungs and the body wall. And they're not going to feel more comfortably until that air or fluid is removed by a veterinarian as quickly and as safely as possible. 
So you make some excellent points and everyone that listens to this show knows that my answer is always to include your veterinarian. But if you have if you have a doubt about the way your cat is breathing, ask your veterinarian because we can listen, we can look, we can use our skills and our experience to help you. And it's better not to just sit and wonder or watch and see how she's going to do. It's better to get professional help. And I'm sure you would agree with that. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I mean, it's 2018. We live in the digital age. The internet is so easily accessible. And I'm not one of those that poo-poos the internet. What I do say is if you're going to use the internet for pet-related health information, just make sure it's a reputable source. Make sure it's coming from a veterinarian. Make sure that you can trust that information. And it's not just somebody without medical training sharing their opinion or their experiences. But first and foremost, if you have a concern about your cat's health, especially breathing issues, the best course of action for your cat is to seek the attention and care of a veterinarian. Let us put our eyes and our hands and our ears on them. There is no substitute for that. Correct. So there are other reasons that cats come to see you in a hurry, and one of those might be a urination issue. Can you delve into that a little bit for us? Sure. Male cats are very unique creatures when it comes to their ability to urinate because the urethra, which is the tube that passes from the urinary bladder to the outside world through the penis, is very small. And because it's so small, it has the potential to become clogged pretty easily. And you can imagine that if the tube that lets urine get out of the body becomes clogged, that is an emergency. That is a quintessential veterinary emergency for any cat, but particularly male cats, because again, that tube or urethra is so small. And I'll be the first one to tell you that we don't truly understand as veterinarians why male cats compared to female cats develop mucus and crystals in their lower urinary tract more frequently. And it's that mucus and crystal combination that leads to plugs that clog the urethra. But again, if you see your kitty go to the litter box and they posture to urinate, but there's no urine coming out, they're trying. Sometimes they often vocalize or they talk. Honestly, sometimes they scream because they're in so much discomfort because they can't eliminate their urine. If you see those types of behaviors, you need to get that kitty to the veterinarian immediately so that that obstruction can be relieved. If you don't seek immediate care for those kiddos, what happens? Well, two major things can happen right away. One, because they can't eliminate their urine, the bladder is going to keep filling up because the kidneys are going to keep making urine and send it down another tube into the bladder. But nothing can get out of the bladder because that urethra is obstructed. Well, imagine the urinary bladder is very similar to a balloon, and you can only fill that balloon so much until the balloon pops. 
The same thing can happen to the urinary bladder. The urinary bladder, when it gets too full, can pop. It can rupture, releasing that large volume of urine into the abdominal cavity. And I don't think you have to be a medical professional to realize that's not appropriate. The other issue that can happen is that the kidneys don't like it when pressure builds up in the urinary bladder. And as a result of this back pressure, because again, kitty can't urinate, the kidneys can actually be damaged. Of course, the worst case scenario with a cat that can't effectively urinate because the urethra is obstructed is death. And death can happen within hours. So this is, again, a quintessential emergency in feline medicine. But with help, we can fix it. In a lot of cases, we can make an impact. We can get that cat stabilized. So it's one of those things where if you get help, it's a really good idea. It's not one of those hopeless things. So see your veterinarian so that help can be started. Yeah, let me underscore that. As an emergency and critical care specialist, this is one of the most common problems we see in the emergency room. Uh, I can recall nights where I have helped treat or treated primarily myself more than two dozen cats presenting for obstruction of their urethras. And very rarely, very rarely, am I not able to ultimately send those kitties home to their families to continue leading a happy, high quality of life. Yep. But if they hadn't seen you, it might not have been a happy ending. Unfortunately, probably not. Okay, so another thing that is an immediate red flag, and I think most of my cat lovers would recognize it, but what about paralysis? What if a cat can't move their limbs, one or more of their limbs? Absolutely. So when I hear a pet parent tell me, my cat can't move his or her back legs, or my cat was normal this morning and I came home and I found them at the bottom of the stairs unable to walk in the pelvic limbs or in the hind limbs. There are a lot of things that go through my mind, but the first thing that goes through my mind is, uh-oh, does this kitty have an underlying heart disease that caused them to abnormally develop a blood clot and that blood clot got lodged in the major vessel right before that vessel split off to go into both of the legs anatomically. We call that a saddle thrombus, and it's very painful for our cats. You've got a blood clot inappropriately lodged in a big blood vessel, again, typically because of an underlying heart disease that often parents know nothing about. And now because blood flow is compromised to the back limbs, these cats can't walk, they're scared, and they're extremely painful. And this often manifests both as an inability to walk and vocalizing. They're crying. And again, sometimes screaming, if I'm being completely honest, because of the stress, anxiety, and pain associated with this. These cats need to be immediately transported to a veterinary facility as quickly as possible. When I was going through my training too many years ago to admit here, we always said these cats don't have a great prognosis. Perhaps 
the most humane intervention for them is humane euthanasia because their prognosis is poor. I'm happy to tell you that medicine has advanced. Feline critical care and feline cardiac care has progressed since I was trained. We've learned a lot more. And patients who develop this kind of problem, a saddle thrombus, developing this issue is not an immediate death sentence. We no longer immediately recommend euthanasia. It takes a lot of aggressive critical care and pain management to get them through this acute crisis, but they can get through the acute crisis. It's not a surefire guaranteed thing, but we can do so much better today, 2018, than we did 5, 10, 20 years ago. So I would say the only sure thing about that is if you don't seek help, things aren't going to go well. Correct. And another thing to highlight is we're talking about saddle thrombus. We're talking about that abnormal clot lodging in blood vessels and compromising blood flow to the back limbs when a pet parent saw that their cat couldn't walk in the back legs. I think it's important not to be blinded or put the blinders on that a saddle thrombus is the only thing that can cause those signs in a kitty. There's a lot of other reasons that an animal may not be able to walk. There's a lot of other disease processes that could explain why a kitty's not able to use their back limbs. Bone problems, nerve problems, weakness caused by organ dysfunction. And so getting the kitty to a veterinarian to be thoroughly evaluated is of absolute importance. Only a veterinarian can help you know the difference. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I want to tell you about something really cool that I have discovered, and it's called Pretty Litter Cat Litter. Now, you might think that cat litter is not really something to get excited about, but I'm a veterinarian, so gross things tend to excite me. Now, the cool thing about Pretty Litter, though, is that it has a built-in health monitoring system. So, it changes colors and kind of helps you keep tabs on your cat's urinary health so that you know when it's time to call your own veterinarian. Other things about it that are super cool is that it's lightweight. The whole entire bag only weighs four pounds, and it lasts for an entire month for one cat. So no more dragging these 20 or 30 pound bags of cat litter and buying them every time you're at the store. Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping. So it's pretty convenient. It helps keep your cat healthy and it's easy for you to carry around. The best part about Pretty Litter though is if you go to prettylittercats.com and you enter the code 9lives, N-I-N-E-L-I-V-E-S, you can get 20% off of your first subscription order. So go and give it a try and tell me what you think. Okay, so here's another one. I want to hear what you think about it because every day I see kitties that vomit sometimes, but that cannot be confused with emergency vomiting. Can you explain to my cat-loving listeners how they might tell the difference between, ah, she just vomited or, oh, I need to go to see Dr. Byers at the ER? Sure. Well, you're hitting one of my hot button issues because I'm sure all of your listeners have heard and maybe believe that cats just vomit occasionally. And that's just not true. And the way I like to emphasize that point is people don't just vomit randomly for no reason at all. 
there's always a reason behind it. You caught a virus. You went out and partied too much the night before. You're sick. There's always a reason. The same holds true for cats. There's always a reason that a cat vomited. It just may not be a life-threatening reason. It may not be an emergency situation. It could just be a hairball, and that's okay. And if your cat vomits up a hairball at three in the morning and is otherwise fine, I'm going to tell you to go back to sleep and not come in and visit me in the emergency room because your cat's probably fine and we don't need to use those financial resources that are so precious in the emergency room. But if you take a step back and you have a vomiting kitty and they're vomiting multiple times or they have other red flags that are going up for you like they're hiding in the house, they're lethargic, they're not eating, you're noticing weight loss. Those are red flags for me that there's something more serious going on and they should be evaluated by a veterinarian as soon as possible. What I don't want parents to do is wait three weeks, three months to seek veterinary attention. The best way to avoid an emergency with the veterinary emergency room is to follow the recommendations of your primary care doctor regarding preventative health care so that you're taking steps to proactively prevent an emergency as often as possible. And vomiting is one of those classic scenarios in veterinary medicine where in the emergency room, we often hear pet parents say, when asked, how long has your pet been vomiting? Oh, it's been going on for about a month. Well, if I'm being completely honest, the cat probably should have been evaluated a lot sooner than a month into this specific problem. And not at the ER. So I Correct. say don't even wait three days. If your cat is vomiting multiple times, you come and see me. And yes. do it during my regular business hours <laughs> so yes. that I don't have to send you to the ER. I mean, no offense, Dr. Byer. It's true, though. And I, you know, when I send a patient home, and hopefully I do that more often than not, I jokingly but not so jokingly say, no offense, Mrs. Jones, but I hope we never have to meet again. And I actually mean that. I never want to see that patient again through my emergency room. Now, if they just stop by to say hi, that's wonderful. But I think every emergency clinician would hope that we never have a patient come through the emergency room. We're there when needed, but we'd actually be really happy if patients never needed to come in because that means that kids are healthy. That means that these kitties are doing well, and they're typically doing well because they're following the recommendations of their primary care doctor. So the things that we have talked about already affect all cats, even cats that are strictly indoors and cats that are indoor-outdoor or what have you. But there are a couple of things that are more commonly seen in kitties that go outside or get outside, things like trauma and toxins. And I don't want to skip over those things because they are important too. Can you touch on those real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So another very common type of patient that's presented to the emergency room is the cat that's been hit by a motor vehicle or the cat that has been attacked by some type of wild animal 
in their environment. I am based in Omaha, Nebraska, metropolitan area, surrounded by rural farmland. We have coyotes everywhere, and it is very common for us to see patients, cats, dogs that are traumatized, attacked by coyotes. We have a large hunting population, and unfortunately, sometimes our cats are caught in the crossfire of gunshots and arrows. These obviously don't happen to the indoor kitties. These are truly accidents that happen as a result of a kitty being outside. But I think that hopefully my cat lovers would know that their animal was traumatized because it had wounds or, or, you know, I think they would know to go to the ER. But I just wanted to touch on those as sometimes the reason that you might become involved. It's a good point that the traumas of the feline world are pretty obvious. You don't need any medical training to see a wound. You don't need medical training to see that that leg shouldn't be in that position and it's probably broken because the cat was injured by a motor vehicle accident. Those are obvious emergencies. But there are other things that cats get into outside that may not be so obvious or may not affect them immediately. It could take a couple of hours for clinical signs to set in. And those are some of the various toxins that are outside. And it's not always a chemical that they get into in a garage or in a spill somewhere. Sometimes it's a toxic plant that you didn't know was growing in your region and the cats ate it. Sometimes they get into things around the house. Sometimes you're never going to know what they got into. But the clinical signs, when evaluated by a doctor, raise concerns that this is most likely a toxin. And the reason I wanted to bring up toxins is one of the most common questions I get asked by a pet parent in the emergency room with patients that are suspected of having an intoxication is, well, can't you just run a tox screen? Everybody's watched medical dramas like ER and Chicago Med and, you know, any of those drama shows on the major television networks and they hear the term tox screen. Can't you just run a tox screen? No, we can't. (laughs) No, we can't. (laughs) (laughs) They don't exist. We can screen for some toxins like illicit drugs and ethylene glycol, which is antifreeze. But if we were to screen for every possible common toxin with a tox screen, we would spend thousands of dollars sending samples off to laboratories all over the country. And that's not practical. So I want cat owners to know that as much as we understand that it's logical to ask that question, and believe me, I think every veterinarian wishes there was such a thing as a tox screen like our human colleagues get to use, it doesn't exist in veterinary medicine, at least yet in 2018. Yeah, and there are new toxins coming onto the scene all the time, so I don't know if it ever will. Well, this has been very informative, and I really appreciate your time. And for everyone out there, you can find out more information about critical care on the veterinary side by finding Dr. Byers on Critical Care DVM. He's on all the social media outlets, and he's pretty easy to track down. So if you have any other questions or you want to learn more, certainly look him up. Also, I want to thank our amazing producer, Mark Winter, and all of my cat-loving audience. 
I want you guys to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.